All right. Hello, my fellow hemp nuts. Uh oh. <laughs> Hello, my fellow hemp nuts. Are you ready for the cannabis bonanza? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the new Hemp Time show recorded at Gotham Studios, the sweetest smelling podcast studio in the world. Today's episode, as usual, is partially powered by McSorley's Chili Dogs, McSorley's Ale House, the oldest ale house in the United States. We'd also like to thank our friends. At the Five and Dime, who right. handcraft our old fashions, mm, uh, Erica, delicious. Dennis, and Caitlin. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, shout out to Eddie and his buddy with the nice hair and the ponytail. Don't remember his <laughs> name, <laughs> but they work at the Smith in Manhattan. And we'd also like to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Right. Thank you. So today we are joined with, by uh, with the unapologetic farmer, Randy Cameron Jr. With and by. Yes. I'm in the house. <laughs> Got to fix that typo later in the notes. <laughs> also uh, with us today, performing every week in Manhattan, Greer Barnes. Yeah, hey, that's hey. me. And our special guest today is Uh-oh. Dan Grassroots Goldman is here yes. from MJ hey. Today. Ah. Great to be here. This is much more professional uh, studio and setup than we have for our show. <laughs> oh, you guys are the big guys on the block. You know, we, don't, we don't live stream either. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> well, we have a fun show today. We're going we, to start with our check-in as usual. Uh, we got a word of the day. We're going to talk about some research in the Wayback Machine from 1975 when they first started dosing people with different combinations of THC and CBD and trying to figure out what's going on there. Before you get into that, we're missing someone. Oh, that's and right. we better give a shout out. To Jan. To Doc Dr. Chan. Chan. On the beach someplace <laughs> with something cold. <laughs> Wish we were with you. I have a feeling she'll be calling in later, but I don't know. I don't yeah. know. We'll have see. a couple before you do. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're having a good time. It's well yeah. deserved. Stay safe. Yep. <laughs> And uh, and at the end, we'll, we're, of course, going to test your knowledge of current recent uh, cannabis science and news with our cannabusting segment. So, how are you guys doing today? I'm going to try to pull off Jan's check-in. <laughs> Dan, how are you? You know, How's your week? Pretty good. Pretty good. Allergies kind of, you know, oh. knocking me down this week, but, uh, you know, I'm fighting through it. Nice. Good. Nice. Better living through chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> <damn> right. <laughs> <laughs> or at least antihistamines. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chemistry is good. (laughs) (laughs) Got a D in it. (laughs) (laughs) Claritin D. (laughs) And and Randy, how are you doing this? Good, good, man. I liked I I liked the message. Uh, Actually, we got a nice. And we won't we won't mention go into details, but we got a really good email. Uh huh. Yeah. And now that that inspired me. Mm. Um. Mm -hmm. So, and we'll give a shout out at the end of the show, but. That was that was cool. It, it it affirmed that we're on the right path, and yeah. there's cool folks out there that are tuning in. Yeah, nice. I thought that was a rather uh, interesting mm-hmm. email. Yeah, like yep. and it was, and the reason why I liked it is because it's like, wow, this guy's out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, holy shit, he's listening. <laughs> and I right. I go through the same shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want. I was like, bro. And I he, know, and he's, and he's an author, right? Yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. So, and he had some really, uh, some really uh, great ideas as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. We we did get some fan email, and Jan has asked that we don't read them until right, next right. week when she's back. when she's back. Cool. So we'll leave you on that cliffhanger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish we had a camera watching her right now. <laughs> I said you should have done the Skype thing. That would have been that would have been great. 
<laughs> and Greer, how are you doing this week? I'm good, man. I'm good. I don't have any allergies. Your wild wine? Yeah. No. <laughs> You're not Roger Daughtry? You're not allergic to marijuana smoke? No, no. Not everybody at the garden? <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Else I wouldn't be, I'd be able to hang out. <laughs> yeah, right. Or I would get sick all the time. One or two. <laughs> all right. Well... Uh, I'd like to bring us to our word of the day, and I found another ancient Hindi Sanskrit word for cannabis. Mm. It's derived from the word bong or bang, uh, but it's bangini or bangani, uh, B-H-A-N-G-I-N-I, and it translates to breaks three kinds of misery. Breaks three kinds. And I, and it, so many kinds of misery. Breaks, yeah. three, kinds breaks of three different kinds, kinds of them. What? <laughs> Spiritually, physically, and mentally? I, Probably, uh, yeah. I, wow. I kind of thought wow. of the hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil monkeys, but I like that better. <laughs> this sounds like I was thinking like, like a, sunburn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. But sure, yeah, yours, yours are more spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an old Hindu, like, rapper god name. Hindu. Bandini, Bangini, Bangini, or Bangini. Bangini. That's that. Bangini, yeah. huh? Bangini. Yeah, about to hit you with the spiritualness. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nice. So I thought that was a good one. Nice. We put up a nice uh, meme made by Sarah, uh, our, our social media person, uh, about this. She put cool. the skeletons with the yeah. Oh, I gotta it. see that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so. Are you guys ready for some high science to delve into a little bit of science? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, there's been a lot of talk recently uh, about when you take CBD with THC, what it does. And there's this thing people have been referring to as the slingshot effect, where people are like, hmm. feel like CBD is enhancing or potentiating the effects of THC. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but I've seen some stuff coming out about this in the popular literature, you know, online articles and things. Yeah, slingshot is new, right? generally hear more about the entourage effect of all the cannabinoids, not so much, you know, what I think we're about to get into, which is... Why know. is Slingshot the uh, analogy for the experience you had? I was wondering that myself. <laughs> I was trying to visualize it. Maybe you get really dizzy and then you just sort of take off? I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, but Yeah, I was like, thinking, <laughs> like, how you Slingshot, how the space well, program uses that trajectory oh, of the... I thought it was like a Planet slowing because like, as the, you get pulled back, it's slow, that, right? That's but what I would – and shoots that's you what out I was fast saying. because that's what, right. what right. we're saying. It's like it prevents you from feeling the effects initially and then but then it magnifies the, them. You know? But I always thought of like the Apollo 11, like you yeah, know, shot around shot, the moon. Yeah. You know? like, that's how no, you don't get to Mars. <laughs> 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 that makes sense. Robinson. Elon Musk uh, right. uh, plan. <laughs> Damn right. So I decided to go back in the Wayback Machine and look up some research seeing what we knew about this. And um, it turns out there isn't a lot of research about combining THC and CBD outside of the pharmaceutical preparation that goes under the tongue, uh, Sativex. Mm -hmm. But... This 1975 study, you know it's from 1975 when it has a title like Interactions in Man with Delta-9 THC, Part 1, Cannabinol and Cannabidiol. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what they did in this study in 1975 <gasps> is they gave people 20 milligrams of THC orally, right, which is a pr pretty big dose. It's more than you, you – Yeah, is for it? a novice. I mean right. it's, it's for somebody – I mean it's not really that big a dose for me. But I'm going to have to be a patient because I need to test this stuff. I don't understand this. So I, 
Right, right. I don't right. know if Tony, uh, what'd you say? So Tony, like, uh, what's the maximum dose for something from Colorado is usually 10 milligrams. Uh, yeah, like 100 in a chocolate bar, but then you got to split them up into 10 into milligram the, doses right. so people don't have a Maureen Doubt. Right. And, okay. You know, All right. Have yeah. a bad time. So, you know, most people are comfortable, I think, who, who use cannabis with like a two and a half to 10 milligram effect. Obviously, if you're more experienced. Varsity level uh, uh, yeah. consumers, uh, uh, maybe yeah. take a little more. Yep. Uh, I'm going so to they... graduate school. Give me a graduate school bite. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is remedial piece. So let's, let's take your 20 milligrams THC. Yep. And to your graduate studies, what they did is they added 40 milligrams of cannabinol, which is a degradation product, CBN of THC, or CBD, cannabidiol, to volunteers. And when they added THC with CBN, and you see some information there about CBN, they saw no detectable changes in the quality, the intensity, or the duration of effects of THC. However, when they combined THC and CBD, this tended to delay the onset and prolong the effects of THC while making it somewhat more intense. So it was slightly more intense. Um, But what the researchers said at the time is that basically CBD is blocking the breakdown, the metabolism of THC. So it just sticks around in your blood being active longer. It's not that it's really potentiating it. It's just there floating around, yep. able to have more interactions. Right. It's like drinking grapefruit juice with an antibiotic or whatever, right? It <laughs> right. keeps it from breaking right, down so more of it's though. in your body yeah. longer. Right. Okay. But they right. did seem to think the effect was um, too, too intense. Now, I, I found some other studies about this, but it was about inhalation. And when I talked to a journalist earlier today who was doing a study about it, he's like, no, 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 not inhalation. Uh, people are snorting uh, pure <laughs> cannabidiol crystals or dabbing pure cannabidiol crystals, and they're getting weird effects. And I was like, you do weird things, you get weird effects. I, I don't – I didn't know quite – it's like there's no research on that. Wait, I – Wait a minute, is this a thing now? I is guess it? so. Oh, man. I'm not calling it 100% bullshit because, yeah, you know, yeah, people do yeah, things, but like... Yeah, exactly. I'm like, the crystals, sniffing the crystals, hold Snorting. on. <laughs> I mean, listen, I just found out that there was the thing that was like powdered caffeine that you could put and add into your other powdered right. substances really? for a prolonged Jesus effect. Yeah, so, I mean, so what I'm saying is that it wouldn't shock me to find out that there's things people are out there doing right, that, yeah. you know, I'm turning 40. I'm, I'm, I don't hang out with the children anymore. I don't know what these kids are doing. Yeah. When they, uh, yeah. We all suffer from their, allergies. We're like, one more th- I don't need another yeah, sinus yeah, infection. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. But when you get the crystal, the like the distillate, you know, the uh, yeah. CBD products, I mean, listen, there's all kinds of methods of ingestion. And in a world where sure, people aren't smoking it. as much anymore for health reasons or whatever, yep. and, you know, and, I mean, boofing so it, I guess, yeah, becomes yeah, the, uh, the next thing. You know? Like, what? You, you know, haven't tried butter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like ah, the, the vodka ah, eyeball ah, thing. Ah, I mean, like, yeah, you know, like people start making things up. And just saying kids do it, and then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, That's it's on a true. Fox News show, right. and we're all got to comment run. on it. Yeah. yeah, you know, Kevin like, Sebastian talking about you it. Do that? <laughs> so, but, yeah, and it's weird because all we know is that, like, okay, taking these things orally is relatively safe. Inhaling them and together in different combinations not going to cause some crazy effect. But um, people are reporting, at least anecdotally, that dabbing pure CBD crystals uh, leads to some. Sort of, uh, they say, unexpected effects, somewhat intoxicating. They're like, it's like very alerting. And um, I mean, that's probably... Dabbing the- smoking or dabbing what? You're saying it's oh, taking... Well, it's the da- two things. It's mm. One is the dabbing and inhalation of concentrated CBD. Okay. Which, that's, all right. Right. that's one thing. And then the other thing the journalist talked about was that people are actually taking the CBD isolate, and which he assumes is extracted from the plant. 
And what's confusing for me is the... Where else would it be extracted from? Or synthesized. Or maybe it's oh, not really gosh. CBD. Who knows? Jesus, that's the next step, synthesizing this shit. Jeez. But, oh, they're doing uh, the... Uh, they're making, you know, biogenetically modified yeast to turn this yeah. stuff out now. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, you know, yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Right? That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, we barely understand how it's made in the plant, but trust us, we're scientists. <laughs> <laughs> when has a scientist ever steered you wrong? Right. <laughs> Just put some butter on this roll. Trust me. <laughs> but I think you know uh, when it comes to this stuff, nothing has been clinically tested about some of like dabbing CBD or insufflating it or poofing it or whatever you call boofing. What boofing, is boofing? Yeah, boofing. that's a, a jail term. <laughs> a reverse uh, fart of CBD. Uh, CBD. Oh. I Oh God. <laughs> oh God! So, but we do know a little bit about these things being administered, and CBD does not potentiate the activities of THC. It just kind of keeps it active longer. And so, if you're trying to, uh, you know, it will prolong the some of the therapeutic effects of THC. That's why people take them together. Mm -hmm. But this idea that CBD is going to have an intense slingshot effect on THC, I don't think it's very well uh, founded. Based off of that study that was done in 75. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just impressed they like, knew about CBD in 1975 that, that's enough I, to like, isolate it. Exactly. And now I'm mad about you know all the what research the that could have been done in the 80s, oh, yeah. but not for the Reagans. Yeah. So. Well, no, did, really? Yeah, they did do some research uh, over the decades on CBD, but no one really knew how it worked. So it didn't like it wasn't stimulating cannabinoid receptors like THC. It wasn't lighting up the rodent brain. So they're like, well, it has all these interesting things, but we can't really explain what it's doing so it's hmm. you know and also you needed much higher doses than thc so purifying a lot of it to, to see an effect but they did do some a lot of thc dosing studies through 70s and 80s most notably finding that cbd reduces the anxiety mm -hmm. associated with high doses of thc which is you know still what we hear today and you know when people when i've seen people use those distos and those dabs that's usually because somebody overdid it dabbing THC. <laughs> right. And they need it to, you know, like yeah. quick. It's like, yeah. I don't know. Oh, the, do know, they give coffee themselves? to? Yeah, I mean, really? I mean I, anecdotally, it helps. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah I'm not sure under yeah, yeah. research conditions, right. whether or not like, you know, giving somebody an overdose of a uh, dab and then giving them a CBD one and see how right. they feel. Uh, I mean, get on it, researchers. I'll volunteer Let's for that try one. It. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to I'll talk get to that guy in 75, Ernie the Lab Rat. That's what I'm going to call him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, see what he's doing now. I, <laughs> I want, well, I don't know. I think these researchers are retired. Yeah, along I would with imagine. Rash, sure. But um, I'm sure there, there, there are some people in Australia and New Zealand who are starting to look at inhalation, um, THC and CBD and other stuffs. And, and it's the, the research is a little uh, a little tricky, but I actually um, have a story about that for you guys later. If you guys are ready to move into some cannabusting, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's All do right. It. So we're going to test some of your knowledge about recent cannabis Bird. news and science. So when you hear strange things about marijuana, who are you going to call? Cannabusters. <laughs> <laughs> so to warm up. Let's start simple. Just a little simple. So uh, a new report stated that in all, 31,000 people are registered with the Ohio Cannabis Program. But a recent news report has said that fewer than half of registered Ohio medical marijuana patients are buying the product. Is this a real finding about the program in Ohio or is this complete fiction? So you have this program, th over 31,000 people registered, but according to recent data, 
uh, fewer than half of these registered Ohio medical marijuana patients are buying the product. And think about how difficult it is to go and register oh, it's open in one of these. book we can study. <laughs> no, it's not an open book. Mm-mm, not an open book. So, <laughs> I guess maybe we'll go with our guest and trivia expert, uh-huh. Dan Goldman. Oof. Do you think it's Pressured, Dan. finding or fiction, or what are your thoughts? My hunch is that feels true because, right, like Ohio still doesn't have a lot of testing facilities open. It's a pretty large state and they don't have a lot of dispensaries. So, I wouldn't be surprised that a lot of people pre registered because they had all that hype going into the program. But that people aren't able to quite, you know, without having to drive a long distance, get their medicine. So I'm going to lean true. Okay. Okay. Greer, what do you think? Repeat the question. <laughs> so, <laughs> one more time, please. Uh, a news report said that fewer than half of registered Ohio medical marijuana patients are buying products through licensed dispensaries. This program has been going on for a while. They have over 31,000 people registered. Do they simply not have enough? Uh, dispensaries does it cost too much um, as Dan pointed out he thinks that this could this could possibly be a finding this could be true because there might not be enough access points for these people nah, people in Ohio like to get high that's <laughs> 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 a show on itself yeah, yeah, um, um, uh, <laughs> high in Cleveland um, <laughs> oh, <boy>. hello <laughs> Cleveland Heights <laughs> <laughs> um wow I'm gonna say uh, no. That's not true. You think you think it's I, you think it's more people? Than I that? think I think uh, who's ever like registered doing it, you know. And I think it's, yeah. And then there's the whole black market shit, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna say no to that one. All right, Randy, what do you feel? I think, I think it's true. I'm gonna go with true. I think there's thirty-one thousand registered. I don't think they're necessarily taking advantage of it because they're still in existing however they were doing it before mm, the true, big true. boom. And uh, I think all... Like he said, too much? Yep. Mm. That too. Mm-hmm. And then I think also you got registration is one, but how much... Uh, it, there are studies out there. I mean, are people, you know, would you mind doing a survey after you, you know? <laughs> no, man, I'm trying to get out of here. You know, I got to pick my kids up. You know? so, I don't, you know, so. Response rate is low. Right, exactly. Yeah. Half of all registered patients do not respond to do surveys. Yeah. yeah, for real. <laughs> so this story is true it appeared on cleveland.com and cited mm. reasons such as the high cost of the products people uh-huh. waiting for the cost to go down yeah. and also that there weren't enough of the licensed dispensaries yeah. operating yet so we don't know what will fix the program just having more access centers these, and the I mean, price these going medical down. dispensaries <clears throat> who who's who governs them uh, usually it's like a Department of Health or similar type branch, but they so do. So it's a government organization that's governing? State yeah. government, yeah. State gov- so you get inspections from like the How fire department. How do these people qualify like for that. these jobs? Because we need to get these jobs. <laughs> the inspector jobs? Yeah. Oh, I know. Man. We. I, we, I got to figure out how to bring this price down. This is bullshit. <laughs> Well, so like one of the problems there I know is they've had testing issues like the labs. So this mm-hmm. happened in Massachusetts too where, mm-hmm. you know, like no matter how many people have grown all this product, if it's going to take, you know, the only two labs in the state to test for everything, then you're going to have a backlog. That's so right. like, you know, in the Massachusetts dispensaries mm-hmm. where I was at, they have the, uh, you know, like the tested on date and then yep. the package date. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's a two-month lag between those, mm-hmm. you know. So you got all kinds of things where if there's now only one place in all of Ohio to get your medicine tested – you know, good luck on if you're the eighth person in line for that day's, you know, test, you're you're gonna face a mm. backlog. So, you know, getting those 
just shortening those windows down. I mean, it's not necessarily going to help to keep the price down because people start shopping around for right. labs that give them, you know, <clears throat> higher THC numbers and better results, and you're seeing that. And there was that dispute in Massachusetts yeah. between the two different methods of testing, right? How you're going to look for mold and fungus and all that. Yep. So, you know, we don't have a uniform way was of testing one, was, all this. I mean, were they equally uh, uh, right in their <clears throat> testing, or like was one? No, because I mean, listen, even one, one bud, right? Like the THC content of one flower tested in two different parts of that flower yep. are going to be different. So okay. you have people who okay. are just, you know, cherry yep. picking the best looking right, flowers out of there, yeah. you know. And so they've had to have now have the inspectors or third parties go and take sampling from the buckets of finished product to mm. make sure you're getting a representative. A random sample. Right. Because, you know, and then shopping for THC results is, is totally silly to me because if I, if I put myself in the role of a manufacturer who's extracting from it, and I think there's 25% THC in a product, I'm going to run my machine and make my products as if there was 25% THC in it. And if there's really only 20, what good does that do me at the end when it fails the quality control test? And right, or you got to do a recall because yeah. your label is off. Exactly. Right? Like all of a sudden, I think exactly. that's what was happening in That's Ohio. It was just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're know. paying for these fake lab results. We right. don't understand. <laughs> well, we have the 20%. <laughs> right. Or that rapper out in the West Coast that went through that, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. But in Royal Massachusetts, those two dates have to be stamped, have to be yeah. on. on yeah. I mean, you know, and all these things will get, you know, as more dispensaries open up, as more labs open up, as yep. more. You know, like all of these things should shorten the timeline a little bit, but you know, I mean, listen, California is one of the most robust markets, and they mm-hmm. still have you know all these issues left over from mm-hmm. you know just the history of the medical program, and and like you said, you may, I mean, listen, like shopping based on THC percentage is funny too, <laughs> just from a consumer standpoint, right? Because right. people look at it like as alcohol by volume, right? Like, look, I'm trying to get the highest for my dollar, and if you tell me this is 25% THC, I'm going to buy it versus this one that's only 20. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, the reality is in the lab, right, is a person really going to be able to tell the difference between 20, 25, 27%? Or are you going to be responding to all the other things about that flower and how it was grown and, you know, its terpene profile and everything else? So, you know, educating consumers and just having people come in and start asking about, you know, how much, uh, you know, limonene is in this, uh, <laughs> this in is the sativa? Star yeah. stunt, right, you start stomping. <laughs> looking for more of a mercine effect right. than I, uh... Oh, well, you'll want this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> instead of people just, you know, coming in now, it's like, yo, man, like, let me get some perps. Right. Like, huh. I don't want to get off of the couch. <laughs> Do you have that? <laughs> Take this on this hammer. Right. <laughs> Bang yourself in the head. Three times. You won't get off the couch. I actually could use some of that when I'm trying to recover from like a muscle strain. Like I just need to sit down and not move. And that's hard for me. I got to like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And that might actually be a very like that could. And you know what? That isn't like a medical condition. That's not like claiming it's going to cure your anxiety. Right. It's just like you will. It's a state you need to be in. <laughs> Are there enough you qualified and technicians chill? and stuff? What do you mean? For for like the testings of no, these? No, clearly. So there is I mean, there is um, a wonderful flowers. talent shortage in the industry and, and more and more young chemists are coming of age now. Um, we do some work at the American Chemical Society trying to like let people know about jobs and availability. But it still is. Can still, you get grants to go to school to learn this? Not quite. Not hmm. quite. Uh, you know, there isn't like a fast track program like you want to be a quality control person for cannabis. Mm. There's still just general courses that everyone takes. There isn't like a specialized thing to get you ready to work at your state's program. Yeah, I mean, like Ohio had a program. One of the schools there had a program specifically geared towards this, right? Getting people trained up, knowing mm-hmm. how to use this equipment in these labs. 
and they fired the director of this because he was, you know, looked like from his resume on paper what's on the internet, like woefully underqualified to be spearheading this sort of effort. You know, it's just like that's that's the problem too, right? You have people who who have this experience and you know expertise from other areas coming in, and then people who are just you know very good talkers. And talk their way into a job, and it takes people, you know, a few months to figure out that they're they're freaking bullshit. Don't know what the fuck they're doing. Right. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> but like yeah, that doesn't make cannabis any unique to any other industry. Right. I mean, ask right. anybody who's ever hired people. You know, like sometimes somebody's just really good at job interview skills, and yeah. you know, the resume looks good, and they got a bunch of the buzzwords on there that Great you're looking actors. for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you work with them for two months, of and you're course. like, "This did not work out." <laughs> Back at the drawing board. But uh, yeah, but I think you're right. You know, we need to encourage more kids to go into chemistry in general because the job opportunities are going to continue yeah, to increase huge. for cannabis, especially in the lab space. And as a young mm, technician, course. getting experience in a high throughput lab setting where your results actually matter, yep, and you have to be responsible for them. I mean, that's good experience. I would have paid attention more in high school chemistry class what? if I knew this was a potential what? career. Like, nobody told me that. You know? yeah. Are you kidding? And look how we you... stumbled on this. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you yeah. know, I did like plant science, the little bit that we had. I mean, mm-hmm. there was no idea it would, mm-hmm. it would lead to this. Like growing a lima bean in the... Yeah, yeah. the lima bean <laughs> and doing the, uh, the plant cells, oh, the, yeah. the experiment yeah. where you yeah. could look through, you know, it was... And, and things have changed a lot, as you mentioned. You know, I have a, a, I think we probably have a mutual friend. I don't know if I want to bust her chops, but her daughter used to be so embarrassed that her mother owned and operated dispensaries in California and cultivated that she used to tell people that her mother delivered pizzas. So she shows up for a parent teacher conference and like the parents, the teachers are like, so I understand you deliver pizzas. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's really and now, yeah, so would you like a few pies? These <laughs> are uh, bespoke artisanal handmade right. exactly. pizzas. Exactly. Each one is one hundred and fifty dollars exactly. a slice. Right. <laughs> but how many we make a living. <laughs> Meanwhile, her daughter's in like a thirty thousand dollar year private school. Yeah. <laughs> how should mom so pizza salary? No, it's the gourmet what? mushrooms on the pizza. Right. That's, but yeah, but ten years later, now it's now. it's totally different. Sure. Game. Uh, now you brag about having family exactly. members you in the industry. You know what my mama does. Yep. All right. So moving on to our next story, I'm glad that that generated a lot of discussion because how these <laughs> cannabis programs are functioning is mm. one of my favorite topics. So thank you or guys not for that. Or not functioning. Dysfunctioning. Developing. We're developing. <laughs> so this, that's positive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a positive <laughs> spin on it. Yeah. Well, we got one uh, evolving. Did you yeah. know that? Were you in Boston in the Massachusetts? Uh, I went to one dispensary right, okay. right outside Boston. All and right. I went to one in the middle on the way to Worcester. All right. Uh, shout out to the Mission brand of dispensaries Word. opening up there because nice. those are good people. Good, good, good. Because our friend Amanda, I think she uh, had some issues with some of the dispensaries around. Yeah, I didn't like the first one I went to. I won't mention them, but so okay. I say they're you know near the Boston area. But um, I did like the Temescal. Those guys had uh, mm. you know their stuff together. And like I said, it's not easy. These guys are all facing. You know, there's like eight places in the entire state of Massachusetts. You yep. know, they're all facing supply shortages. They're all yep. trying to make sure the medical market is taken care of still, you know, and like they're all caught up in you know, rocking the hard places. They pull in millions of dollars every weekend. But, you know, it's still, yeah. you know, they want to be up and able to serve everybody. And there should be, you know, it's a good not problem. just twice as many dispensaries. There should be 10 times as exactly. many open in the state. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. They're taking their commissioners, you know, they're doing their best, and it's, you know, it's it should not be easy. as I mean, easy as getting a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just need a valid state ID and, <laughs> and the money to afford all those taxes. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> 
Okay, so our next story is out of Florida. Mm. So you guys remember the grandmother we discussed, or great grandmother we discussed, uh, that was arrested uh-huh. for CBD at Disney World. <laughs> yep. Well, she's in the news again this week. Uh oh. Detained again after returning to the park, got caught using a vape pen. Oh, after some various serious com- comments, uh, she appeared in the media with her lawyer and said, I thought that chipmunk was following me, but I kept telling myself not to be so paranoid. Is this a true story or is this totally made up? <laughs> That's totally made up, man. That's Jay's, funny, though. That's hilarious. <laughs> Jay's getting good, dude. That's freaking. We could run with this one. Yeah. I, I so, so she got into trouble for smuggling. Right. <laughs> so, so for those of you who don't know, this is, you know, the, part one is true. Hester Burkhalder, great grandmother, goes to Disneyland last week with her grandchildren, is detained for having CBD products at a checkpoint by the Orange County Police. They never 12 say what it is, in right? Jail. They don't say if it's like a vape cartridge, no, like a oh, battery-operated oh, thing, or if it's oils in a pill form. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, they say CBD oil, but I was left like, why were okay, they even, and, and, what popped them to look in their bag in the first place? And what sounds so Didn't bad about Didn't you say, CBD though, what, what made them pull her bag open? Um, Wasn't there something that... Too many where there's original candies in the... Uh, no, it was, <laughs> it was just a bag check, and they probably... random? I think they found uh, either, like, Plungers of the oil. I'm guessing it was a type of, of either tincture or in, of inhalation device. Um, but she's in the so she's in the news again this week. But is she in the news because she was detained again at the park? <laughs> <laughs> Those, Grandma uh, had Chip and Dale behind her. Chip, uh, you know, harassing. She's talking about there's chipmunks. Chip, you know. Yeah, you know the uh, Alvin and them. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a <laughs> different media company. <laughs> It is. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's a small world after all. Um, <laughs> she said Disney World, right? Oh yeah, she said Disney World. Ah. Eh. <clears throat> nah. What do you? Okay. She can say no. That's okay. fine. She is in the I news can't. again she this had week. Grandkids. They they were embarrassed. They went through it like two weeks ago. They showed up again, and Grandma gets busted. Not buying it. No, I'm not buying it. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, this one's false. Yeah, I'm going to have to call bullshit on that. Okay, so <laughs> that is indeed a made-up story. Uh, but, however, <laughs> she is in the news again this week, appeared with her lawyer, uh, noted civil rights attorney, Benjamin Crump, even oh. though charges were dropped by Disneyland police or Orange County police. She is suing over. She is suing, <laughs> threatening to sue Disney for her treatment. Um, as that we kn- is hilarious. <laughs> Disney never loses a lawsuit, but they usually settle. So. They'll win this one with the lawyer she got. Yeah. So I think it's kind of interesting. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, and you, you know, I think it's also it's, kind of crazy. I mean, it's not way- like John Morgan for the people, but you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. So I imagine Florida hopefully how much is. <laughs> I wonder what they could possibly do to make up ruining a, a trip to Disneyland with your grandmother. I oh, mean, man, that's not that hard. I don't Come know. On. You get molested by Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I don't they, know. Just, they just give you, you know, a couple free passes to Epcot. And that's what they do. There you go. You get a year supply. Yeah. Right. Call it a watch. We want Goofy to be with us the whole time. You got it. Hmm. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing what happens with that trial. I hope that there is some justice served there because it is a ridiculous waste of resources and time 
to harass someone who's using a legal product in their state. Yeah. And especially one that doesn't cause intoxication. Probably keep her from throwing up on um, on a ride on Star on Tours. Well, or whatever. she's <laughs> taking it for medical reasons, right? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, she's not a Florida she's, resident, right? It's legal-ish for her, right? Yeah, you know, it's. She's oh, like, okay. I got right. it on so the like plane. Why are you fucking with me here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bought it from New York. Right. Now that's trafficking. That's yeah. <laughs> dig it. We got on trafficking. Right. Twenty years. What? Mavis <laughs> in the um, Disney jail. <laughs> Doing hard time with the dude. That's the new uh, the new show. Yeah. Hard time Disney. That's the new show, Hard Time, Disney World. Locked up Disney. Hard Times, the musical. All those villains that only appeared in one movie. Just yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, Curses. Well, speaking of villains, our next finding or fiction story uh, is about patents. So there's a lot of news about patents this week. And I want to, I call, I, I gave my own headline to the story. And I want you guys to let me know if this is a real story or am I making this up? So I call this, you stole my schedule one drug recipe. THC and CBD extract patent may be enforced. Dispute headed for jury trial. So what mm. happened was a company called Pure Hemp was using a process for purifying CBD and THC. Uh, the Unified Cannabis Corporation, UCAN, claims they own a 911 <laughs> patent, sued Pure Hemp Collective, alleging that they had infringed on their patent for extracting cannabinoids to greater than 95%. Um, so is it fact or fiction that the judge did not throw it out and it is going to jury trial to determine if the Pure Hemp Company has infringed on the patent for extraction? Are we getting to this point with cannabis where you can get up and say, you stole my Schedule 1 drug recipe, yep. I'm going to enforce my patent, either stop using it or pay me licensing fees for purifying THC and CBD to greater than 95%? Hmm. Did you? I, I think that's true. So you're going to say that the judge hmm. said, you know what, you can, you might have some, I can't make a decision, so it's going to go to a jury trial. Yep. I think that's where we are. You don't think you in just California? Be... Uh, in the state? I don't know. Let's pretend. All right. <laughs> then it is. Um, so I. So you don't think the judge would just be like, "Hey, this is just scheduled narcotic. Like, get out of here." Not if that judge is cool. Right. <laughs> Not if that judge got stumped one time. Like, that's that fake shit. That I judge biked it. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Order in my court. <laughs> what? Um, Get out of here with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's. So true. we got, we got, yeah. Randy is saying that this is absolutely happening, that we're yep. going to see one of the first CBD THC extract patents for the industry going to a jury trial to settle a dispute. I'm going to say no, that's bullshit. So you think the judge just threw them out? I don't think it's real, period. <laughs> That's a high roll. The whole story. I think the whole story's bullshit. <laughs> right. And making up names like I, you can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's what got me. I'm like, hold up, son. I like the name. No, he, I'm watching him read. That's, yeah. I was like, <laughs> but he wrote it. <laughs> Jay freestyles, but I don't yeah, know. Don't. Yeah, I don't don't. know. That I, was... Also, when I talk, my eyes go side to side too, so it's, you can't tell. Uh oh, <laughs> Dan. What I do you think? think? Uh, I think that one's true. I think businesses are at that point now, and mm. some mm. judge out there has got to be, you know, cool enough to let this mm -hmm. go forward. So let's figure out who owns that, that intellectual property. Yeah. Yep. All right. 
So this story regarding the stealing of a Schedule One drug recipe is true. According to the CannaLawBlog.com, cannabis patent litigation, uh, they've passed what's called the Alice test for whether or not you're infringing on a patent, and it is headed to jury trial. So mm-hmm. you can, the Unifo- oh, sorry, United Cannabis Corporation uh, owns a 911 patent, which covers liquefied cannabinol formulations of purified CBD and THC greater than 95%. Yep. Last July, sued defendant Pure Hemp Collective, otherwise known as Pure Hemp, that they infringed upon their patent, and they're looking to in- secure a permanent injunction from inf- infringing on its patent, as well as damages and attorney's fees. So it seems kind of crazy. patent dispute, man. That's it's, my bread and butter. It, <laughs> it just gets kinda, me so excited. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seems crazy to me, because if you look at the literature, uh, like even going back to the 40s, even the 1890s, there yeah. is how to extract and purify cannabinoids. It's been around forever. And so it's, it's just surprising to me that it's not in the, there's not enough information in the public domain to protect the ability to purify these compounds. That's what I was thinking. It's like, okay, wait a minute. Isn't there a specific way or a technique to do this? But, I mean, if you look at alcohol, moonshine, that's been around since forever. It's basically the same few different ingredients, mm-hmm. but people get sued for infringing recipes. And well, that's that, more that like was flavor, though, ain't it? Well, it's the um, process, right? The, like, you process, know, the Jack Daniels got to get finished in the charcoal ex- barrel. Right. If you finish yours in a charcoal barrel, too, exactly. you know, from Jack Daniels, sue you. Right. So that's why you got to put sugar in it and make it Jim Beam. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this going to be Jim Beam. <laughs> but, I mean, this you know, <laughs> if they have an interesting process, I mean, I don't know, yeah. you know, how these extractors all work because they all have, you know, advanced chemistry degrees and I don't. Yeah. But, like, uh, if they got their own process and that's what they patented, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many patents of when I worked on patent litigation for like generic pharmaceutical companies, that was like once you start fighting over the patent, whoever's got the most money for the lawyers to be like, well, like you know, your patent's not even invalid in the first place. We're going to sue you over the validity of this patent. Right. So now you're defending your patent in front of a jury and judge, mm-hmm. and you know it shouldn't come as a shock to anybody. But most of the people on these juries also don't have a huge science background, of course, to right. judge you know the validity of these claims. So. You end up just going with whatever lawyer has the nicer looking tie. Dig it. You know? And you also have hmm. the roulette of jurors who you might get. And as a cannabis expert witness, I had to once testify at whether or not certain compounds were cannabinoids and certain ones weren't. And there was, you know, a plaintiff and a defendant. And one of the jurors suffered a heart attack <sighs> and they wanted to have a retrial. Yeah, yeah. And they asked her if she remembered any of my testimony and all she could say was, you mean that guy with the ponytail? Oh, dude. <laughs> and they're like, she remembers. Let's go ahead. <laughs> but that's why I asked what state it happened in because mm. the general public will be a lot more knowledgeable in yeah. California you get random yeah. citizens that might have a little bit of then in. I wonder yeah. what those jury selection questions will be like. You know, have you ever made hash before? Right. You're out of here. <laughs> Is it in your pocket? Are you backyard <laughs> extractors? Right. <laughs> Seriously. Do you know, open Jolly? blast with yeah. butane or propane <laughs> right. or a combination of the two? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think they're going to have some fun with that jury selection process, but it will be interesting to see uh, what happens with that. I mean, I bet they settle. Most all these things tend to settle before you get I in front think. of a jury. I mean, it's just the right. cost is so expensive that it just makes more sense for most of these yep. businesses but every once in a while you get people who just want to fight yeah. <laughs> fight it out and have you money know? to do it you never that's know true. who it is yeah. yeah they're like this is good press 
Yeah. I mean, but, well, you know, we haven't seen anything like this for plant genetics or delivery devices, but this is the first just for an extraction yet. process. Yeah. So this could this could be this could become that case that everyone cites when they're defending mm. their patents. Mm. We'll Get see me out what of happens. Paralegal retirement and go right. back and start doing the patent law again. <laughs> hey. Okay. So now we're going to move a little bit away from general news and into science, if you guys are ready to it. test your metal. <laughs> um, so our first science finding or fiction must start simple. Uh, new research suggests that men's cannabis use is increasing twice as fast as women's cannabis use uh, with the legalization of cannabis. So according to a survey, um, in the past three months, the use by men has increased by 3.3%, while for women, only 1.7%. Do you guys think this is a true finding, or is this just me playing with numbers, trying to trick you? I I think it's false. So you don't think that the uh, legalization has had an impact and that men's cannabis use has increased? It's had an impact. I just, I'm just guessing that you know, from... Uh, and not I to mention, know, who who got into trouble for smoking marijuana? Predominantly men, I right. think. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. Overall, overall. Um, if anything, I would say that the, the increase women's increase uh, their use may have increased. That's, that's what that's I would what say. I'd yeah, say. I think you reversed the numbers. Yeah, I yeah. think you reversed I, I it think, on us. I would just think. To, well, also, I mean, you just have a lower base to go from, right? It was like, um, that's right. You know, when they were. The, the 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 line was you know the marijuana industry is growing faster than the uh, smartphone market. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah, but everybody already got a smartphone, yeah. so you're not. <laughs> it's not growing; it just right. is. Uh, right. You know, like men uh, who were smoking already smoked. Yeah, really, yeah. I think there's a lot more women who were like, I don't know, it's yeah, not legal. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the products that are specifically being marketed towards women now. So uh, and where yeah. at as well. Well, this, what if I said it wasn't the United States? What if I said it was well, Canada? Mm, would you believe Ooh, it? Canadians. Wow! Yes. Yeah, Ooh, I might, man. I might believe it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I might believe it. I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, the proximity to us is close. That it, I think they're pretty much the same. So I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, it, Canada didn't have the, the the problems we had though with. Marijuana, right? Like law wise, mostly it leaving there. The big bud, the northern lights. Okay, I mean, it was... leaving there. I mean, but once it got in here, is where the problems yeah, start. Yeah, right. You know? Okay, they, so they... it wasn't it wasn't criminalized. In, I mean, they still had arrests and stuff. The oh, same sure, way, but not quite as. Yeah, you know, yeah we know as we, we got pulled over <laughs> a few times. In Shout Canada. out to Officer Jenkins. Remember us? So this <laughs> study. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, oh. So since legalization <laughs> took place this past October in Canada, the percentage of men who've used it in the past three months has increased more than women. Ah. However, um, other data really? suggests that uh, uh, hmm. 70% of the women they talk to believe that use carry, carries a stigma and 60, 66% hide their use. So the numbers might be a little tricky depending on... So, which uh, is why you said I, they don't get busted on the stairs. Yeah, typically and they're answering surveys. Right. Exactly. Sixty <laughs> yeah, percent so, of women are just like, right. I, I, I just lie to you. Yeah, <laughs> I smoke all the time. Yeah. I'm high now. Right. <laughs> I've got a good job. You don't. <laughs> so, but this trend Smart. does echo a 2018 report from Colorado huh. Department of Public Health, which showed that the rates of men using marijuana or cannabis post-legalization increased at twice the rate of women. 
and um, female-focused cannabis brands have done surveys looking at the role cannabis plays in lives of women to understand why we're seeing these results. Is it, is it a true thing, or is there some sort of factor that's I wonder how young those, those men mm. are that increase. Like, I wonder how young they are. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if it's a bunch of 54-year-old dudes, or are they, like, 17, 18-year-olds, 19, you know what I mean? I think in my mind, I keep saying, other than increasing access, all the men I know, legalization has not affected their usage other than their, you know, hey, I'm not calling... So and so, I'm I'm driving to the dispensary. Now I got to run an errand. Right, I got to run an errand. <laughs> right, I'm going to the donut shop, kids. Does anybody want to eat donuts? Right. <laughs> Daddy's only getting sprinkles. No, I think that's a good point about age, though. Right, like I think you're gonna see a lot of those, like you know, those fathers of teenagers. The kids are a little bit grown now. Yep. They, you know, mm-hmm. they like cannabis before they had kids, and you they, you know, they stopped when the go. wife was like, you know, yep, you know, talking to him about it, and now that it's legal. You know, like, well, honey, like, we don't have to worry about the cops coming. Right. And I can be an attentive father because the kids don't need, you know, quite as much, uh, you know, helicopter parenting as they do when they're little. So who knows what the, uh, what's driving this. And now his kid is 19 years old. (laughs) And there's a bunch of 19 year old kids. Now he's like, "Uh, like... Billy, did you uh, go in my jar? Right. right. Yeah. Now we have to have a conversation (laughs) about daddy's stash. Daddy's stash. You need to get your own. Exactly. My shit is 450. (laughs) The way this this works now is I borrowed from you. (laughs) (laughs) You don't come into my room and take it from me. (laughs) And I'm paying for your college tuition. You live in here 18, 19 years. Actually, I was growing up. I had a friend whose dad, that's, that's what happened. He let us, you know, cause he didn't, want us out in the street he was a small business owner in the community mm-hmm. and he didn't want the cops bringing his kid and his kid's mm-hmm. dumb friends home so he's like listen like i have a room on the other end of the house right but he would come in and he'd be like yo i'm rolling this joint and i'm taking it back to my wing of the right. house and y'all get permission to be here and keeping yeah. me happy is what keeps you happy yeah. so we know it well you know. same thing with us yeah we, know. <laughs> we, know a couple, we had a couple of safe houses yeah, yeah man, like, we're like we'd much safe. rather us be upstairs, upstairs in, the, in the house than, you, yeah. Yeah. than outside especially right. in the late nine uh, yeah. yeah early early 90s, 90s late staircase behind a building yeah so what what i'm hearing from you guys is you think that maybe the use has not necessarily increased it's just maybe men are more open about it now (laughs) 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 60 percent more open than women i think it has to do i'd like to know the age range of of the increase say the uh, age range I, i think that has a lot to do with it doesn't say the, the age range, the age group. I, I guarantee you, it's young. It's nineteen. What to did I say? True or, or did I? Yeah, it is. A, it is I a s- true finding conclusion from <laughs> some surveys that men's cannabis use yeah. is increasing twice as fast <clears throat> as women's. Hmm. Oh uh, well, uh, do we guys want to do one more or jump to the call? Oh, we got uh, a call. Let's jump to the hot, call. Hot Let's hot jump line. to the and call. And then we can go back, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was. That's Good awesome. One. Hello. Hey. hey do we hello. know that voice? <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. How are hey, you? Hey, Doc Chan. <laughs> What's going beach? on? Yeah. How's the beach? Oh, Jesus. It is awesome. I'm in Siesta Key, Florida right now and about to go and have a cocktail because every no, hour right. feels like uh, is, that, <laughs> is that your first one? <laughs> exactly. You're about to go out. <laughs> Good on you. Good on you. Lunch doesn't count. That's right. Lunch doesn't count. 
when you actually think you're in the wrong day. So I have to apologize for texting you guys. I yeah, I panicked. Day yesterday. I did too. I panicked, Jack. I was like, I blew it. Well, that was funny. Whatever you're doing, Jan, please tell us you're staying away from Disney World because yeah, there's some bad yeah. It's dangerous. It's gangsters. And chipmunks well, running around. Disney was really easy to get by. <laughs> Disney World, I'm not going to take my chances with yeah. Disney World security. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you guys having a good show today? Action. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anything you need to process about me not being there? Because I know it's really upsetting, probably. There's a lot of testosterone in here. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) I know. I'm kind of afraid. Y'all need to wipe that down whenever you leave. (laughs) (laughs) Wipe it down. (laughs) Please, we need some feminine energy. We need some real female energy representatives. (laughs) It's <laughs> real talk. Uh, real well, talk. I just wanted to call yeah, in and say hey to you guys and check in with you. I miss my compadres, but am totally enjoying my vacation. So Good. a much needed vacation. I'm actually staying till Saturday now. So Excellent. I might Fantastic. not ever come back. Hey, no. I don't well, do wait that. a minute. Then we got to now. Skype. Then we got yeah. to you know. Hurricane season is about to start. Come yeah, on, yeah. coming back. back. <laughs> Blow your behind back up here. Hurricane's <laughs> <laughs> in. Anyway. All right, guys. All right, Doc. All right, Thanks safe. for calling in. All right. Maybe I'll see Bye. Bye. <clears throat> And that's all the news from the beach in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> the beach news. Well, you know, she mentioned testosterone. And that brings us to our next fact or finding or finding mm-hmm. or fiction story. Um, some of you may have heard about the Harvard study that showed that cannabis users have higher uh, sperm counts, have more sperm than non-cannabis users. Well, this study may have been refuted by a team of Yale researchers. Their findings suggest that the reason cannabis users have more sperms is because cannabis users have significantly less sex, according to their studies, enough to compensate for the differences in sperm between non-cannabis uh... users. <laughs> So are male cannabis users full of it from lack of use? Or is- <laughs> I can't hide me busting off. <laughs> no, dude. I mean, all the Jamaican uh, dealers and, and, and herbalists I've ever, they, yeah. you know, they're like, look, man, look here. You smoke and you keep it upright, you see? I got 13 kids. Yeah, and they got three wives. 13 kids, 14 jobs. 14 jobs. Each kid. One pipe. I keep it full all the time. I can't picture that. Nah. Uh, uh, I mean, see, uh, not, unless, not unless these guys are, you know, getting high and, and couch potatoing it. And just yacking off. Not even not that. Even I'm like, too tired. To, I get too hot and whack off. You know? It's like it's, it's not an lazy. interest. Oh, my. They're just God. sitting there with giant balls. <laughs> <laughs> and a remote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. What a light. Oh, I, uh, um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. There's what was a the negative thing we heard about marijuana and, and, and sperm count when we were younger? You right, have like any it, afterwards. Like it would break yeah. it down. Yeah. Like it, you would lose. It would, yeah, yeah. It was negative. It was something just, to scare a teenager away from. Away yeah, from yeah. 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 It cause atrophy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> in the ball, atrophy of the balls. <laughs> I, mean, I just remember though, but being sixteen and being like, "Yo, man, I'm like, I want a lower sperm count." Yeah, like, I, I want. Need, yeah, yeah, I need I'm sixteen. Like, this, I'm trying to not get people pregnant right now. This I don't sounds leave no evidence. Right. <laughs> 
exactly. It's called ma. It's called natural. Uh, yeah, it's birth control. Birth control. <laughs> yeah. ma. It's herbal birth control. <laughs> so I'm being responsible, ma. And you don't have to boof it. <laughs> so, so what do you guys think, Dan? Uh, did Yale researchers refute this Harvard study about cannabis users having a higher sperm count? I mean, I know Harvard and Yale have a rivalry. They have a rivalry. They probably yeah. want to refute uh, them, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say no on this one. It feels like I don't know. I don't I don't feel like researchers are counting sperm right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm gonna go with Oh my god, it's in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> I told you god. to warn me. <laughs> Why aren't you wearing your protective glasses? That's <laughs> <laughs> how you get OSHA violations. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you know, Jan guys. is like, okay, guys. Oh, boy. Jan, uh, I'm trying. Oh, gosh. I, I think it's fake. Yeah, I think it's fake. I yeah. think it's fake. Well, this story is full of it. <laughs> so this is totally, one. totally that made up. Funny. The Harvard study still standing strong to criticism. Um but, you know, researchers have been studying this for a long time. It was actually the second thing that was looked under a microscope. It was a room of dudes. They first looked at a drop of water, and they were like, anyone have anything else to look at? And that was Some just, idiot. There's, like, books of, <gasps> of drawings of what people looked at. It was the real science. It's probably going to be something that's debated as we talked about. <laughs> the story goes back and forth. Sometimes it's bad for reproductive health. Sometimes it's good. But Harvard tends to put out some pretty good yeah. research. I mean, can yeah. it be both? Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. needs to be both, depending on the person. Actually, yeah, that's not a, that's not a bad point. Genetics could play a role, or Damn lifestyle, right. things like that. Lifestyle, yeah. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Choice of underwear. You, yeah, yeah. yeah. choice yeah. of underwear. Right? Lifestyle and yeah. the type of drawers you wear. <laughs> Trifling. Yeah. I wonder if they controlled for that in the Harvard study. If like cannabis users all wore like boxers or briefs or what was the what, what was the controlled yeah uh, on, y'all wear these thongs medium Calvin Klein uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. half <laughs> the group was in thongs <laughs> for two weeks <laughs> damn it okay. I can't take it alright alright we're gonna go into plant science next oh god alright w- so researchers study some pretty wild things if we've discussed on the show uh, but this next one I want to know if you guys think this is true or not a group of researchers wanted to understand how to get higher yields from cannabis. And these are not industry people. These would be researchers, academic researchers. And they found that uh, the formula for maximum possible flower yield is to, one, have a low plant density, flowering period of nine weeks, the use of high-pressure sodium lamps, adequate fertilizer, and manipulating the light intensity. Um, They also said that genetics play a role, but you could use LEDs, to also increase the efficiency of your yield. So I want to ask you, are researchers really studying academically the best way to increase your yields for cannabis? And it's not, and they said, it's not growing a bunch of dense plants together. It's low density uh, plants that flower early uh, and use those high pressure sodium lamps. I mean, those are arguments that I've heard between growers for years. So I don't know if... You know, again, I hate to go back to the old moonshine thing, but these are these are trade techniques that people argue and, you know, have stuck to. And uh, so right now for researchers to chime in (coughs) and have effect on people that have been, you know, doing, you know, using high pressure sodium bulbs compared to metal highlights and and the distance from the top of the canopy. And right. 
Because, yeah, because I've been to some cultivation sites, and, and sometimes you just see the plants squished in there. Exactly. Sometimes you see them spread out lovingly exactly. in, like, you know, every square. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, it depends if they're regulated by canopy space or plant count or, exactly. you know, what they have in order to try and maximize their profits in that, you know, That's particular right. grow space. And whether or not they have to test it afterwards for contaminants might also play a role. And also what the market wants, right? Like, you know, bigger buds, not necessarily what the market or consumers demand right they want like uniformity they want sexy looking That's bugs right. but they don't necessarily want you know if you're only buying an eighth to have it all be one big fat bud right but you know th- is it is it the size of the bud or just like the motion let's of the say, yeah like a plant may have like 10 buds they want it, they're growing it to try to get the plant to have 100 buds right this would be like, the maximum or to have 10 be biggest fatter yeah. right. i mean you know at a certain point it's just you know grams dig and weight you know but ideally, to Dan's point, they'd be trying to maximize, however, if their plant only produces, like you said, I think it's a great analogy, 10, 10 buds, right? Uh, they want to maximize how big those will be, how big that biomass yield will be. And so right. that's what they're looking at. And, did you know, is it is this a real thing where they're saying, you know what? Don't- I'm going to say it's a, <clears throat> a real thing only because of the simple fact that you were saying earlier that these people are having a shortage of uh of bud hmm. or of product so i mean the same thing with i don't know i don't want to use the whole american cow situation but you know 80 years ago you were only able to get two steaks out of one cow now you can get 175,000 steaks out of one cow because <laughs> right, of right. steroids no, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like, you mean steroids sure. steroids yeah <laughs> but like i mean <laughs> what <laughs> Like, see, no, that's true. Like, researchers are definitely going to figure out how like, to yeah, pump up the chicken breast. Boom, yeah, so it's, yeah. you know, maybe it's just that those techniques you listed weren't anything that has been unheard of or right. untried over for a long period of time. So, I, I that, mean, that's where I have a right. discrepancy with. Yeah, going back to like colonial times, right? Like, yes. I mean, like the Emperor Wears the Snow Clothes, the Jack Herrera book. You know, describe farming for hemp, planting the seeds close Mm -hmm. together or farming it for medicine and Mm -hmm. planting them further away. So this isn't anything new. This is 300 years old. Mm -hmm. I mean, integration of LEDs in different periods of time. But we're also at a different uh, place in time, too, uh, scientifically. So um, it's not just, you know what I mean? I think they, I don't know, they, they will start going into the splicing of plants and changing the DNA of it to make it, like, produce more and... He just have didn't fish and tomatoes. Uh, they are doing that, but yeah, I think it's a true story. I think it's a true you know, story. Scott's Miracle Grow and all those businesses that are <laughs> yeah, there specifically and you advanced know, genetics or whatever. <laughs> so researchers do have some of the best jobs in the world. This is a true research article published in the Journal of Frontiers in Plant Science entitled Closing the Yield Gap for Cannabis: A Meta-Analysis of Factors Determining Cannabis Yield. And what they mean by the yield gap is this is the difference between maximum possible flower yield compared to current yields obtained in commercial production. So these researchers did, they pulled from, you know, DEA libraries. They talked to, you know, looked at yields available through data sources, through commercial things and said, well, what would produce the maximum? Not necessarily the maximum cannabinoid content or best oil or best looking, but how we just produce the most biomass. Mm. Uh, and this is something researchers are looking at. So, yeah, that's uh, I, th- I think it's pretty cool. I'm definitely interested to see how LEDs can affect things because the heat <clears throat> can play a factor in air conditioning and costs. Do LEDs right. give off heat? 
Mm-mm. And that's what the you know remember the movement. So uh, um, oh, and indoor growing. You mm-hmm. know, now you ain't got to deal with heat or that electric. But you have to keep it a certain temperature, though. Yeah. So if depending where you're cultivating, mm-hmm. there the might be a strategy to use lights that give off heat to maintain the temperature. But if you're in the desert, you might have plenty of ambient, right. you know, heat, yeah. and yeah. could be an issue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Good stuff. Good mm-hmm. stuff. So our last finding or fiction is going to go back to the study we talked about, the first one, the Seaman? high sites. Well, I'm no. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, um, so this study is about inhalation of THC and CBD. So researchers got people together and had them inhale CBD and THC in different ratios in vape pens. Now, what I want to know is if you think what their conclusion is either made up or is true, and that is they found that, um, you know, cannabis-containing equal amounts of CBD and THC appear no less impairing than THC-dominant cannabis. And in some circumstances, CBD actually increased THC-induced impairment, and they looked at sort of um, simulated driving and cognitive performance tests of people vaping THC and CBD products. And what they concluded, did they conclude, that um, CBD and THC combined together appears not to have an effect on drive simulated driving. This, you know, anything, putting CBD in there with an inhalation may even increase some of the impairment with driving. You guys look at me a little confused there. So basically, what I want to know is researchers got a bunch of people together, right. had them inhale different amounts of THC CBD. And what yep. they found is that uh, when you had CBD and THC together, it either did nothing, yep. just seemed like they were using regular THC, or in some cases, some of the simulated drivers were more impaired than just using THC alone. So is this a real conclusion, interpretation, the researchers from their simulated driving study on vaping THC and CBD? Mm-hmm. Or is this just me kind of weaving in and out of the truth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we got a little weaver. Yeah, that's that's a weave. <laughs> well, I mean, weave. Yeah. you do like to weave, but, yeah. uh, but I actually feel like that one might be true, right? We were yeah. talking about that old study yeah. uh, from the beginning. I feel like they may have tried to replicate that. Possibly, possibly. So, mm. so driving, you know, uh, under the influence of cannabis or THC is a big issue. A lot of people are worried about impairment. Um, some people are like, well, what happens if you inhale CBD? Is that going to make it worse? Is it going to make it better? What aspects of it? And you guys are saying if it's divided. It's, you guys are like, yeah, that's, that's, you're weaving in and out of the truth. You're weaving in and out just, of science. I mean, I know it's an occurrence, I'm guessing. Have you met somebody who... Has left pocket CBD pen, right pocket. Oh, uh, THC? Mm-hmm. No. Me either. I'm not saying they're not there. I'm sure, you know. Yeah, that just feels wasteful. But, you know. it, oh, it, yeah. It, exactly. Hey. It's, and, not unless that slingshot shit is real. Yeah. True. <laughs> True. Right. <laughs> right. Well. So. I don't know. I'm going to have to say you weaving and this is bullshit. <laughs> I need to get one of these wrong, so I'm going to say it's true. (laughs) So this study investigated and compared the effects of THC-dominant and THC-CBD-equivalent cannabis on simulated driving and cognitive forms. And they did indeed conclude that cannabis, like with, uh, you know, inhaled products with CBD and THC appeared no less impairing than THC-dominant. 
The study is called Cannabidiol Content in Vaporized Cannabis Does Not Prevent THC-Induced Impairment of Driving and Cognition, published by a pretty well-respected group out of Australia. Um, the, the, the PI of the group has been in documentaries and stuff related to his work in animal research and other psychoactive substances. Um, so they did use um, 14 volunteers that had a history of light cannabis use, and they attended three experimental test sessions to simulate the driving at two different time points. Now, remember, this is inhaled right. cannabis. This is different than right. potentially absorbing it under the tongue or sure. suffocating it or <laughs> eating it. Um, but it, it does appear that uh, what I like about this study is that it suggests that just consuming a THC-rich product is probably safer or more predictable than using a inhalation that combines both of them. Mm. So, it, it, you know, of course these studies have to be repeated because it seems like every 10, 20 years someone does one of these studies and they find either it does nothing or it only slightly affects it. Mm. Well, doesn't that also depend upon the person's uh, makeup as well, right? I mean, Scott. Yeah, They've been eating a lot of mango beforehand. <laughs> or, and what is light cannabis use? Right? That's that's what got me. And right that changes I mean, every. That changes. That means you smoke only during the day. <laughs> during the light, he's a vampire. The vapor vampire. Exactly. Dude. But weren't they like a? What was that study about? Coming out of Italy about light marijuana, using that as a code for like low THC hemp. Oh yeah. So I say like mm. light marijuana use. Now I'm thinking like, oh, do you mean they just have a history of like you know smoking, smoking shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, I like, know some people like that. Uh, and also, you need to try this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. east of the, the Atlantic Ocean, people also put tobacco in it and a little bit of cannabis. Yeah. So yeah. I don't what, I do that in Europe. So is when that they, light? Yeah, is that light marijuana? You right. just like put exactly. a little bit in with my. Uh, so I often wonder that when they recruit these people, like, oh, you're a cannabis user. It could be that they just put a, like a dash of their oregano into <laughs> their cigarette, right. um, and that seems to be a fairly common practice and something that often trips up. Oregano? What do you mean? People uh, are smoking oregano <laughs> with tobacco? What, what the? No, just cannabis. Dried cannabis. Put it in there. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, I but that's why the cannabis in the tobacco thing. Yeah. yeah, but it's, that's why it's hard to translate research done in Europe and Australia is because they don't... The, it, that's such a common practice there. It's like, well, right. we can't really directly compare it. Right. right. Um, Did you guys cover that uh, acreage tried to um, get a patent on the spliff? On cannabis and tobacco combination joint as a tobacco cessation, a tobacco cessation product. It's like, uh, a, is it like a leaf that you roll? No, like they're trying to like literally get uh, to own the intellectual property around cannabis and tobacco combined as one product. Wow! As a way to get people off of just straight tobacco, it's like help us um, step down from the effect, but. Yeah. Okay. Is, well, that's going to have to go through some scientific uh, science. Uh, uh, <laughs> I imagine there breakdowns, are breakdowns, right? Some don't you? Uh, you have to test this. This. What are you yeah. trying to say? That if I smoke this product of yours, that you've got what patented as well? Right. They're going to try and get the patent by showing that there's. I'm going to. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the the justification is righteous, but then all of a sudden it's like blunts have been around since yeah. you know right. Jamaica's been right. around. You can't have the split. The split exists exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Every time somebody, yeah, yeah, can't part in this. <laughs> what you pull me over for? <laughs> 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 Every block's gonna be a uh, intellectual property charge. And, exactly. You, know, like, you have to pay. Green apple versus strawberry will be heard now. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> oh God. Oh. <laughs>
you'll have to prove that it was in the public domain and be like, exactly. I have these pictures from these right, parties. Right. Like, I mean, it's, it's got to be interesting quirkies. I wonder what's admissible whole... evidence. Because in Holland, they this had to pass a rule. cigarette was clearly, <laughs> clearly 100% tobacco. But that's, in Holland, it was, you know, the spliff smoking was actually an issue so that a lot of restaurants and establishments have passed rules that you're only allowed to smoke pure cannabis uh, cigarettes indoors. Because people are just smoking spliffs like crazy. Oh, okay. So you can only smoke tobacco and do it. No, no, no. Only pure cannabis. Only pure cannabis. Oh, okay. Because they don't want the tobacco smoke. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's, that's, that's good. That's cool. Yeah. And that cut down that's a lot kind of... on the indoor use, apparently. Good. Uh-huh. good for uh-huh. You shouldn't be allowed to smoke tobacco <laughs> exactly indoors. Good. You should have to always smoke tobacco outdoors. Sometimes maybe you should be driven out to the woods. That's right. <laughs> and make sure you put the cigarette out on your face. Outside. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. forest fires, forest fires kill me. It's new Smokey too. <laughs> Smokey the thug. Smokey the thug. Hey man, you gonna put that out or what? Just put it out of your face. <laughs> Smoking in here. It's my trees. <laughs> uh, well, only you. That yeah, man. that does wrap up the cannabisting oh, headlines, but Woo. there have been some really funny things coming out in the cannabis world. Um, I'm sure Dan, you've seen some of some of them. Uh, one of them that uh, you know about, Mitch McConnell is pushing for hemp, hemp crop insurance, and he's also okay, going Mitch. Yeah, oh, did you hear about this what? with the T-shirts? What cocaine Mitch T-shirts? Oh yeah, because yeah. his, yeah. his family got caught. Yeah, uh, well. When their boat got caught yeah. with 90 pounds. 90 pounds. <laughs> that was going to be a great 4th of July I wonder, where that, where, hey, where's that 90 pounds at? And where did it come from? Yeah. What'd you do with it, Mitch? <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it to Obama. <laughs> <laughs> He's flipping it for me. Maybe that's why. Uh... I want my money. <laughs> Rand Paul said he knows the guy. Right. He knows the guy. <laughs> Maybe that's why Trump keeps asking us to pay for things. He's like, we need a bigger wall. Need a little uh, bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that wall? Right. <laughs> Pentagon needs to pay. Stop, man. You got to pay your bookie, man. Hey. <laughs> <Tell me. laughs> but Those but yeah, secret he, wars ain't cheap. Yeah. <laughs> no, they not. To find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, is there anything else you guys want to cover or talk about? We don't generally close with mind munchies, but. Um, I know we have Dan here. Dan knows a lot about cannabis. Yeah. He's been here for a while. Do you guys have any burning questions about cannabis policy, advocacy, activism? Well, as the vet in the room, Dan, why don't you uh, give us your vision of how you see this New York thing shaping up oh, and the man. stalemate that it's in and how long will it take to free the log jam? So I guess uh, as we're recording this, New Jersey just announced they're going to punt uh, the legislation to the people and right. do an initiative in 2020 on the ballot in November. Brilliant. Uh, I mean, it'll pass, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's popular with the people. But, you know, I mean, you're a professional lawmaker. Do your job. Pass a law. You yeah. know, like, and these are Democrats. It's Democratic-controlled legislature, and they couldn't get it done. So it was very disappointing that, you know, there are Democratic state senators yep. in New Jersey. So, uh, you know, what's the holdup in New York? It's the same kind of thing. It's, a you know, fights over money. That's right. And uh, where's it going to go? And what do you how? mean fights over money? Like how to tax it? How much to tax it and where to spend it once it gets taxed and how we're going to – They you know... can start with the uh, the subway system. Damn it. 
you know, but there's people, there's advocates out there who don't want a single penny to go to the MTA or the housing mm-hmm. authority because they want, you know, those pools of money to come from somewhere else. And it's money, right? In a cash strapped economy and everybody, you know, nobody wants to pay more in taxes and everybody's yep. got, you know, billion dollar plans to do this and do that. So, you know, the money needs to be there at some point. But, um, you know, the thing about New York and New Jersey is, right, like not only is it the shared border, but like the tens of millions of people who live and commute back and forth mm-hmm. – Nobody wants to see the tax revenue go, you know, so quickly over to the other side of the border right. for an extended period of time. I mean, two of the eight dispensaries in Massachusetts are located very close to the New York state border. But, you know, that's near Albany. You know, 12 yep. people live in Albany, comparatively speaking, right. to uh, apologies to all the listeners in the capital region. But, but they're driving you know, over the believe. It. But what I mean is, you know, like there are, you know, eight and a half million people in the city of New York, 25 million people in the New York metropolitan area. And all those people can easily drive even from, you know, Long Island and Westchester mm-hmm. to Bergen and Hudson and, right. you know, Essex mm-hmm. and Union counties in New Jersey. And drive back. So nobody wants to see, you know, it's already a hassle to commute in and out of those tunnels. Thanks a lot, Chris Christie, for not building that last one. But, like, you know, so what's it going to take in New York? It's probably going to take till New Jersey does it and kicks them in the pants to get it done. Or they're going to, you know, pass the bill after all the compromises and, you know, horse trading back and forth happens. And then delay the onset of the That's legal exactly market until happen. New Jersey is already going to get started. It. So and demonstrates it. Right. I'm going to have so, to run for mayor. But where did we used to shop growing up? Mm-hmm. In any upper Manhattan mm-hmm. uh, Oh, yeah, the sales tax. You went you, over to Paramus. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Like you go to Paramus. Yeah. Everybody yeah. goes to Paramus. Yeah, I grew up you in Teaneck, man. Like, exactly. Everybody driving All by the on the weekend. Yep. Exactly. Saturday, because Paramus yep. is closed on Sunday. Right. But Yep, the malls, the whole city, the whole town closed on Sunday. Wow. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. I mean, like that's real, you know. And like I grew up, my dad told me, you know, when the drinking age was twenty one in New Jersey, but eighteen in New York. And if you lived in northern Bergen County, you know, the border of Rockland County is right there. You don't even have to cross the Hudson River. You right. just went drive ten fifteen minutes north through you know Old Japan, and you're in you know New York, sure. and that's it. And you know, he was telling me at the time it was a cautionary tale about how many people drove drunk and you know got into accidents uh-huh. on the way back uh-huh. because you were you know inexperienced drivers and inexperienced yep. drinkers. Mm-hmm. But you're going to see that also, right? If somebody comes, you know, on the not path to say trade, the experienced drinkers and drivers, uh, you know that, you know, right? Or not together, <laughs> not together. Not, 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 you know, I'm an experienced driver and drinker, <laughs> so I could do this, yeah. <laughs> officer. <laughs> <laughs> I've been involved in three research three. studies. <laughs> <laughs> I totaled every one of them. You talked to the PR. He said I was great at driving behind the wheel under the influence. Better than anybody you tested. I fail coordination tests all the time. <laughs> I actually was real sorry when I was a kid watching Cops. I was like 10 years old when the show came on and they were doing a, a roadside sobriety test and they had the guy touch his fingers. One, two, three, four, four, three, two, one backwards. And I was like, oh. Like so, note to self as a ten year old, like, yeah, like let, let me practice because you know you want that muscle memory <laughs> right. for you. Never exactly. know what's gonna happen when never you're older. Know. I was not an average ten year old. I was thinking Why about different things than everybody into else. Into a trumpet player. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's the only reason why I tried to do my ABCs backwards when I was younger. I saw it on Cops. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Let me see if I can we do can that. that. Like, <laughs> my roommate, actually, his DUI, an old roommate, he did like the countdown from 100 by 7, and he nailed it. And the cop just looked at him, and he looked at the cop, and he's like, yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> We're both shocked right. that worked out. Maybe you should lock me up. Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Wait a minute. You got it right? You're definitely high. Let's go. <laughs> 
But I don't, you know, to get back to your question, I don't know yeah. what's going to take in New York. I mean, because yeah. the the fights now are not between people who want it legal. Everybody agrees that it should be legal. It's yep. how it's going to become legal. And yep. I'm not sure that, you know, the the Kevin Sabets of the world, the people who are riling up the PTAs to get them uh, to come out or, you know, in some states in Illinois, he just had uh, members of the NAACP come out and stand mm-hmm. against legal cannabis. and. Mm-hmm. You know, he's being very effective at sowing the divisions mm-hmm. on our side between people who all agree nobody should get arrested, nobody yep. should go to jail. And I give props to, you know, Jamani Williams in New York City, uh, the public advocate, because passing the law about banning pre-employment drug testing right. gets yeah. you so much. I mean, even with yeah. all the exceptions yeah. in that, it gets you so much of the way there, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not worried about getting a job, you're not worried about getting arrested – then the only other thing about legalization is being able to go to the store. That's right. And at that point, you know, you're arguing about, you know, stores are really nice for people and it's nice to get a diversity of products available, especially for people who aren't just, you know, flower right. burners mm-hmm. and consumers. Right. But, you know, I mean, so what? So you still just got to know a guy? I mean, it's not the end of the world. You're and always you, going to have to know a guy. You know, with like with a homegrow not being in, you know, the New Jersey bill and yep. looks like it might not make it into Won't the Illinois in bill. Um, you know, and people are asking about, you know, home grow or death or whatever. I'm just, just start growing at home. You mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. if you're really that worried about it, I realize that, you know, like it's easier for me to say, but as an activist, my feeling is, you know, if you get busted for having plants in your basement once it's legal, like mm-hmm. let's go to a jury and let's, you know, let's fight it out in front of a jury because yeah. I don't think a jury is going to convict you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't want to waste that money, but. but yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's very about... stressful in the time mm-hmm. and the money and the yeah. expense is hard yeah. on a family, but, you know, and everybody would like to be legal instead of being illegal, but. I mean, well, I'll tell you what. The thing about New York is very weird. The uh, the governor's staffer um, uh, from the health department is really preoccupied not only with the public health uh, right. agenda, but really preoccupied with maintaining the distinction between legal and illegal mm-hmm. after it's legalized, mm-hmm. and making sure that people aren't purchasing the you know what activists are now referring to as the traditional market. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. yeah, you know you don't, you don't want to well, well, traditional. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Traditional actors in the traditional market for cannabis, you Damn know, right. like had a had a role to play, and they're being pushed out. And so, um, you know, uh, this idea that somehow—I mean, he was really when I met with him, he was really concerned about what to do with like large-scale, un, uh, undocumented, unpermitted <laughs> grows. I was like, dude, like that's cross that bridge when you get to it, man. When like, you get to it, you know, look like, at Massachusetts, yeah, just six like, plants per house mm. that balances it out because right, you have people who who. Like our friends, our side, mm-hmm. sure they want to be cultivators and maintain mm-hmm. that and have the legal right to do so. At the same time, I mean, and the truth is, you know, Chris Crane uh, from Forefront, you know, points out the people who grow in at home mm-hmm. are the most enthusiastic, right? Damn it's like right. a home brewer, or somebody sure, making wine, and it's right. an excitement and it's like right. a right. therapy as well. And that person, is that? Chris Crane, he's uh, mm-hmm. he was a former uh, executive director of Students for Sensible Drug Policy, but now mm-hmm. he's you know um, leader yep. one of the multi-state operators yep. from Forefront. But um, they, uh, you know, they they know. As multi-state operators, that the people who are who are growing at home are also coming in to purchase edibles, are also coming in to tell their friends about topicals, That's right. to bring something to a, somebody who can That's benefit right. from mm-hmm. arthritis and using a topical that they never used cannabis before. Mm-hmm. So you know you don't you don't and because some of these big multi-state operators are the ones lobbying hardest against home grow. It's like, you know, if McDonald's and Burger King lobbied against kitchens in your house because, you know, right. we can't can trust you to cook. Hamburger. Yeah, we can't trust you to cook the hamburger all the way through. You got to yeah. get this burnt hamburger. With the know? same 35% beef you use. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, but that's, you know, a real thing about, you know, when we talk about, you know, corporate grown cannabis is going to be the pink yeah. slime of, uh-huh. you know, and you'll see this with the oils and the extracts people right. just putting, you know, whatever to sell a product. And then, you know, it's going to take that kind of activist response yep. to figure out, you know, who's got good products and to exactly. call out bad actors. 
Exactly. But, uh, you know. Exactly. And they're still training law enforcement to find, you know, illicit grows. And I actually found this online resource where your law enforcement can go and watch videos about how to t- detect illicit grows and illicit <laughs> manufacturers. And I took a screenshot of the guy's resume. Uh, he put up like a couple bullet points. 30-year career mounted uh, Royal Canadian Police, specializes in narcotics enforcement. Cultivated marijuana indoors under license, worked undercover for 10 months, posing as a marijuana grower, maintained a 1,400 plant indoor grow while undercover, Damn. and now teaches yeah, that's police. That's not undercover. That's just that's being a grower. Sell out. One in a big commercial. He's a sellout, yo. You know, really? <laughs> and like, he was a mountain. 1,400 plants. A Canadian yeah, mountain. 1,400. The horse should have gave it away. For research. For research. <laughs> that's like right. when they do the uh, bust of the rubber tug joints and they go, this was a three year investigation into human Why did it take so long? Right. 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 I had to really make sure we want that see was you go in there about 10, 15 yeah. times, Greer. <laughs> Damn. Make sure we got it right. Right. <laughs> wow. So I wonder if they're going to keep training police officers to even detect illicit growth. Because if it's small home cultivation, what's the point of wasting all those resources? I mean, you know, in the same way that I guess, you know, you know, large distilleries want to bust a moonshine guy in the, you know, in a holler somewhere. It's like, is that really what's biting into Jack Daniels or Jim Beam's bottom line? Right. Like, you know, probably not. No. But, you know, people in corporate. It's the knowledge that's scary. Yeah. People in corporate worlds are paid to be greedy. So Because people could just turn around and be like, you know what? I actually don't want your Jack Daniels anymore. I want Randy's moonshine. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, or, yeah, my boy. It's I mean, the fear. You know, in Colorado, right? Like, come September, October, everybody's got a ball jar full right. of, you know, buds to share with their right. friends. Mm-hmm. But after you've gotten a whole bunch of it, I mean, mediocre background grown cannabis is mediocre background That's grown right. cannabis. Yeah. And, you know, just like when, right. you know, all my friends were trying to do home brews. That's right. And you're like, yeah, man, out. like, uh, I think I'm going to go get a store bought IPA because I think the taste of is better. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, look, uh, just you're hitting it. I, uh, First two years, Massachusetts, uh, specifically up on the Cape, I got my friends who didn't know what the hell they're doing, but they were excited about right. the availability. Then you had the old school cats have been doing it all their life. Now they got their six plants either yeah. out back or out. And those are beautiful I mean, because they were good. They're skilled right. already. They know what they're doing. Know what they're doing. Well, that's the future, man. People yeah. who are going to know what they're doing and people who don't. That's life. Who want to learn? I mean, well, it should be a hobby like anything else. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's <clears throat> close out this roundtable nice discussion. One. And uh, if you guys feel comfortable with sharing a mind munch, you know, this is something, again, to give people some food to thought, to think mm-hmm. about uh, for the next week. They're going around trying mm-hmm. to make sense of the world through cannabis. Um, and I'm going to start off. Uh, because I hear this stuff a lot about is is cannabis a drug? Is THC a drug? Is CBD a drug? And I have a simple rule to figure things out. A drug is any substance that's injected into an animal that produces a scientific publication. That's what I call. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I call a drug. That's it. <laughs> that's. Um, that's my my rule of thumb to help me navigate uh, this crazy world. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Who's up next? Who's up next? I'll 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 go real quick just to bring our guy because I was inspired by his little email and oh yes um, yes so he's on his mission and we building a fan base and this this particular cat is going through some uh, sleep issues and being able to keep a job that allows him to maintain his choice of of medicine and uh, if you're out there listening 
um, he inspired me from what he, you know, communicated with us and, hey, reach out and help somebody else, encourage someone else. So we don't feel alone. Yes. I like that. Community is important. You know, one of the things, especially, I mean, as we move away from medical into, you know, just a broader adult use Mm -hmm. setting and the social use spaces kind of get put on the back burner as a, you know, second or third tier item to do. One of the things that, you know, a lot of the pioneering medical providers used to talk about a lot was that sense of community that people who are suffering, who have an illness, who, you know, it is difficult for them to get out of the house, but make the effort to go to a dispensary because they need to, but finding a community of people who are, you know, like-minded and there to give you support in difficult times, especially when, you know, you're ill, it's so isolating anyway. Exactly. So, you know, like when we don't, when we leave that part out, especially, you know, in legalization conversations, we really do a disservice to all the patients who, you know, may not have a condition that has, you know, got enough people or popular enough to be listed, you know, when a state only lists seven or 10 or 13 conditions. And then, you know, you're still in the black market or the underground economy. And, you know, this is, how you find people when you're finally able to go and reach your medicine in a place where, you know, you're not treated like you're feeling like a criminal. Exactly. Will that black market always exist, though? Oh, hell yeah. Right? It will, hell right? Yeah. Because there's always going to – it looks like – you ever see popcorn pop up out of the thing? It goes like that. I mean, you can get so many cups, but there's always some down here where it's like, well, give me that. And I mean, that's it's the really weird. Yeah, I don't the know the why I'm popcorn. On, <laughs> but, well, the fixation uh, on getting rid of it and, you know, the thing that I've noticed just in the, you know, two decades that I've been doing this as an advocate in the last five years or so as a podcaster, but, you know, the underground economy is really nimble, you know, mm-hmm. and it, is, can, it can't compete. So for all of these – Businesses that started expecting, you know, hey man, like I'm gonna sell this eighth at sixty dollars because, you know, right. yeah, like that's what people were paying on the exactly. street. Yeah, finding out like, yo, people don't want to pay a street price now that it's legal. Yep, and it turns out the underground economy is more than happy to undercut the regulated market and by we'll half. Yeah. yeah, and so you know, good luck participating, you know, competing yeah. with them. <laughs> they are a lot more nimble and a lot more willing to take, you know, right. less of a profit margin. I mean, 60 was just the maximum people were willing to pay for a <laughs> very course. long time. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, we're going to, I just, I'm very fascinated watching those two markets try and compete with one another and play mm-hmm. out because I don't think, you know, it is going to be a shift. Um, you know, researchers who do that kind of work, um, looking at, you know, um, Sudhir Venkatesh and other yeah. people who've looked at, you know, the, the economics of underground economies yeah. and traditional <laughs> markets, you know, they are, there are people who are going to, who are going to lose their cash flow. Sure. You know, and not be able to cover their immediate needs who were working in the underground economy. We're just going to lose customers to yep. regulated businesses and they're going to try and get them back. Of course. And, you know, like try and compete they with that. You be know? forced to innovate. Right. Just yeah. like they always have. Yeah. Market competition. The Republicans competition. turned out conservatives were right about one thing. You know, mm. markets hey, are strong. It's, it's strong. Just because they're wrong about almost everything. Doesn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that is competition is competition. Yeah. According to Facebook, we may have uh, a late caller coming in to ask us Uh-oh. a question a couple minutes, but not to derail you guys, but get yeah. ready. Random question coming from a listener. Cool. Um, he apparently had some words about us discussing cultivation and LEDs, but I don't know if that's what the question Mm-mm. is about. But good thing we have a farmer here who can yeah. help mm-hmm. guide us. Cool. Um, hmm. So... What were you guys talking about? I wasn't paying munchy attention. Last, uh... <laughs> <I was> kidding. <laughs> well, okay, this has nothing to do with marijuana. This is uh, this is America, and we're a democracy. Um, 
don't forget, there's a separation between church and state. Uh, we cannot have any of our laws being um, influenced by religious beliefs. Pay attention to what's going on <clears throat> in our country. <laughs> Are you talking about the CBD evangelists? Uh, yeah, <laughs> in Alabama. Yeah. Shout out to uh, a lot of reformers in Alabama, you know, trying to move the decriminalization effort down there. In the meantime, you know, one step forward, it feels like 12 Three steps, steps back, back down there. Yeah, yeah. 12 and it's like, big steps back. Well, the women are going to get get strong down there, and Let's we got to stand up. We got to stand back behind them. Yeah, too, and back this is them about we women's health. <laughs> yeah, and I think with all these hemp licenses and the crazy number we're seeing, like Minnesota and Idaho and other places, right. I think uh, I think Alabama is going to get on the hemp bad wagon and hemp cultivation. I think they're already there. I mean, I think they've passed. Uh, yeah. People are starting to register businesses down there, yeah. and you're like, listen, man. Put your name on a document in Alabama about a business that you know half the police department down there are still itching what? to throw you in jail for. What? Takes yeah. you know an extra level of bravery. Than, Trust me, uh, my name won't be on that list. Yeah, yeah you know, California I'm doing good. it in the Bay yeah, Area I'm is gone. a little different. Exactly. <laughs> that is a debate they're having in Pennsylvania. Uh, just a report came out. Police were complaining about their training is that they can't identify what's legal and what's illegal. Wow. And if only we had access to the list of patients who are registered, <laughs> we could more readily tell who's legally wow. using and who's not. That's not the only thing they don't and, know how to do. And the. the <laughs> The person who said it's a certificate training for drug identification is like, you can't just have that because then anytime their name p- appears on something like getting a gun or any other service or thing, it, it it would red flag them and you could show up to their door. Yep. Um, but, you know, that is, that is an issue. I'm always concerned about how some states who see this as the devil's lettuce or as something really terrible, how they're going to regulate it. Um, you know, there's been crazy propositions in the past. I remember when California... Uh, many years ago, they once proposed, well, we'll just put every patient's name on the plant that you're growing for them. Wow. So, you know, we know who, who what belongs to who. And I just thought, well, that's a terrible idea. Like, could you could you imagine, Good like, like this is your vial of medicine. We're going to keep it in the fridge right here. Or, you know, I mean, just the tracking involved. Um, but, you know, I, I hope that states like Alabama and other states continue to protect people's privacy yeah. and not this sort of vindictive role that sometimes we think of when we think of law enforcement but you know there are also as we've discussed earlier on the podcast you know with the <clears throat> perceived increase of social cannabis use at concerts and sporting events you know they are now taking strategies towards saying you know if you don't like being around marijuana smoke officer you shouldn't be there and so now officers who you know complain about it they don't get reassigned to those venues and that's a strategy that they're using and offers well, that's that good. request the venue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll do it. Right. <laughs> that's why it's called Smokey and the Bandit. Right. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's, I'd take every one of those. What, a concert? Yeah, I'll do it. Right. I, I'm working on Earth, Wind, and Fire. What? Well, you know, the, Reasons. <laughs> the issue came up because officers were failing uh, THC drug tests after these events and things like that. So yeah, that's why. And, <laughs> right. right. And so what? And they were coming up. It was coming up in their bloodstream or, or something? in their urine. In yeah. Their it was, urine? They're like. They're like. Yeah. See, that's the other thing, man. That's that's the type of tests that should be done. You don't smoke, dude? Okay, cool. We're going to put you in this smoke box or hot box. Just like every once in a while for two, three days straight, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes or whatever. And then see, because that, uh, 
I wouldn't be a bit surprised if those cops were going home and taking a little toke themselves, man. What? Yeah, I just took you this off a little uh, Spanish uh, kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. I mean, how else are you going to confirm the identity of the product? Yeah, your job is stressful, right? It's a fucking marijuana is a stress release. <laughs> oh, wow, that's a cool headline. Venice's, <laughs> what is that site? Dan's sharing this. Businesses line up to register cannabis-based businesses in Alabama. Oh, really? the green rush has started. So, um, is that today? Uh, a couple days ago, I think. So they filed applications. So we'll see if they get approved, right? They still have to go through that process. Yeah, man. Roll tide. And who knows? The regulations might change last second. <laughs> Dig it. Um, Dig it. <laughs> well, lots of other news going on. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about before I hog the mic? You? <laughs> nah, get to uh, hogging. Do your thing. I was seeing if there's any more news out of um, Al- Alabama, but it doesn't look like it. No. Oh, that's the big news. Alabama. <laughs> Alabama got enough headlines this yeah, week. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's this video. I don't have uh, internet access right now, but um, I think this is really great. Uh, it was on ABC in Michigan. A family has started going to locations selling CBD and filming it. And I say, like, did they read our mind? Because we had talked about going into some of these bodegas and other shops and filming the interactions. But apparently this family is secretly filming it. Yeah, just kind of like going in there, seeing what they – Filming? What are they filming? People Uh, purchasing? I don't know. No, locations selling various CBD products, like what they're selling, how they're selling. Um, So, okay, but what's the the, the the bottom line? I think uh, part of it is that some of it is done right and some of it's done wrong. And there is a way to get it legally. Uh, but there's lots of other ways. So I think they're just kind of – it's almost like a – I only watched a little bit of it, but it just kind of seemed to be like a live blog post where they're like, you know, like like the crocodile hunter. Like we've captured some wild CBD out in this bodega and we're going to like – Exactly. <laughs> this bodega is selling CBD edibles. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Terrible uh, impression. And it's interesting no, because it's been dead it, a long it time. You, it's hard to remember. Like there's a store right by where I work at, man. It's like – yeah. I saw something that said CBD, and it looked it looked actually looked like good bud. Yeah, but no, there's like, some CBD stores around New York selling flour yeah, that looks really? just like but sex is CBD. it is it actual CBD though? That's my well, point. Like, I, like that's the point to to just put out a massive amount of shit that's not real. Like that's it could just be placebo weed, right? But then again, if even if that, like, because there haven't there been cases where people have gotten the placebo and it and they were healed? It's like a mind over, yeah, matter sure. thing. Like, well, they've done studies on placebos, painkillers. My favorite one was they gave people electric shock to their arms, and they had low, medium, and high price painkillers, all the same thing, all sugar water. And people who got the high price pain relieving placebos had significantly more pain reduction from electroshock than people who got low priced pain placebos. So, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> but I mean, so, yeah, paying uh, a lot yeah. for the treatment is part of the treatment. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, that's how you know it's so good. High that's price you know. high priced placebos are more effective than low price placebos. So just remember that when you go and get your homeopathic mm-hmm. medicine. That's right. That the more you pay, the so, more it'll yeah. work. <laughs> If it says ultra on it. Are you going to eat or get your insulin? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Do both. (laughs) How fucked up is that? (laughs) That's not funny. America. 
Oh, right. Well, we're getting a little silly. I don't think our uh, our online guy is online anymore. Oh. You lost what? Oh, he's not on anymore? No. Did he type it? He typed it, wanted to call in. We we, we sent him the number. He typed question. Yeah, he, wa- he, was, he was interested. He seemed like a smart cat, so we were trying to hook him up. But we can always do it next time when yeah. we have our backlog of callers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my boss is coming. Click. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for your thoughtful comments and helping to bring education and discuss this uh, topics with us today. Um, and I look forward to our continued rollout of our episodes. So we'll be back next week. Dr. Amen. Jan Roberts will be back. She will be graduating officially Tuesday. Hey, she hey. should be very excited Wednesday um, about getting that doctorate. Damn right. Way to go. She's a doctor. All right, well, that's all the cannabis news that's new and improved. Please text or tweet us your questions, and we'll answer them live on the show. And also, don't forget to direct message us if you'd like to call in and ask our group a question. All right, thank you so much. Signing off. Bye-bye. So long.